brought to you by the students at Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. First up, we interview Mr. Grady Caldwell, the principal of the Monroe County Achievement Center. Do you mind telling us a little about the history of Monroe County Achievement Center? Sure thing. Uh, just a brief history of the Achievement Center. Um, the vision for the Achievement Center started back in 1995 when the original planning grant was awarded to Monroe County to develop an alternative program. And then it opened in 1996 uh, at Crossroads Academy. Uh, at that time, when we first opened in 1996, we were pretty much the traditional alternative school where, um, you know, students were there for punitive reasons, meaning they had gotten in trouble, had to go through a tribunal or school hearing uh, to come over here to the Achievement Center. Uh, but fast forward to 2006, which was about 10 years later, uh, we looked uh, look to maybe broaden the scope of the services that we offered at the Achievement Center. Uh, and we actually named it, uh, changed the name from Crossroads to the Monroe County Achievement Center in 2007, uh, just because we were looking to have a more positive connotation that goes along with, you know, what we're doing at our school. Um, uh, at that point, we began serving credit recovery students. So we went from serving uh, just punitive-based students to credit recovery students. In 2007, uh, we were recognized as a model alternative school in the state of Georgia by the Georgia Alternative Education Association. And then in 2008, we began serving what we call atypical students. So now we're serving punitive-based students, uh, we're serving credit recovery students, and now we're serving what we call atypical students. And these are students that um, just want to be in a more smaller environment, uh, changing halls at married persons. It's too much for them that could have um, anxiety issues, a number of reasons why students want to come here for atypical reasons. We were just a smaller, more structured environment. And then in 2010, we formed our 12th Life Program, which is a collaboration that we have with the Department of Corrections, uh, in which our students can participate in that program through work-based learning and actually be state employees, earn a paycheck and a high school course credit at the same time. So, and then in 2014, I became the principal here and I've been here ever since. Um, also in 2014, uh, we implemented our first Fit to Achieve 5K. And then also when I got here in 2014, we implemented what we call our blended learning format. So we used to be pretty much ingenuity, odyssey where driven, where a student basically worked at their own pace. But these days we're doing more of a blended learning format where our teachers are doing a great job of pulling out the power standards in each course, milestone course, and kind of teaching it face-to-face, -face, blend it, or also along with what's going on in Ingenuity. So uh, we developed that format. And in 2017, um, we implemented our flexible learning program, which is for our SWD and 504 population of students that just need a more prescribed, um, more intense prescribed instructional setting, whether it be for behavioral reasons or whether it be academic or a combination of both. And then the last one in 2018, uh, we started overseeing any online students that wanted to go virtual. And this was pre-COVID. So uh, if a student wanted to go virtual in the district uh, prior to COVID, then, um, you know, we will oversee them at the Achievement Center. And that's kind of where we are to today. My second question is, yep. how are students 
selected to achieve the achievements. I mean, selected to attend the achievement center. Well, the, the first obvious way a student can come to the achievement center is if they've committed some type of behavior, behavioral, um, you know, had a behavior situation in which they may have gone to a tribunal or a school hearing. Um, and then the school hearing, the committee uh, on the hearing uh, says that they have to attend the achievement center. So that's the first way a student can come. But other than that, um, a student has to pretty much want to voluntarily come over here. And uh, every semester uh, at the end of the school year, of the, uh, of the end of this semester and the end of next semester towards the end, I meet with Ms. McLuhan, the graduation coach, and we talk about potential uh, students that may be potential students that may be good candidates for the Achievement Center. And um, we usually start with seniors first and then kind of work our way down to any, uh, any you know, juniors, sophomores, or ninth graders, or freshmen after that. Uh, so we select students that way as well. And then the Flexible Learning Program, again, is for our SWD population. So a IEP committee or IEP uh, team would decide if this is the best placement for a student that's, uh, that's a student with disability. And then other than that, those are the ways that we kind of look at students that come over here. My next question is, how long have you been working in or at Monroe County Schools? Okay. Uh, let's see, this is, my, this is my 19th year overall. I've been in Monroe County for 12 years. So 12 of those 19 years I've been in Monroe County. I was assistant principal at Mary Persons for five years, and now I'm the principal here for seven years. So I've been um, 12 years in Monroe County. What did you teach before you went into like administration? So prior to getting into administration, um, I was teaching health and physical education. I've also been a head basketball coach and coach football as well. So um, I coached for seven years and then I got into administration. Uh, just one of those things, opportunity for me to, to be able to have a bigger impact in the school setting um, in terms of getting into administration. But I, I do, I did enjoy coaching. Uh, again, I was a head basketball coach in Bibb County and in Jones County prior to coming here. My next qu question is, what is the biggest challenge you face on a daily basis? Uh, I think the biggest challenge that we face uh, as a staff here at the Achievement Center and myself uh, is just, you know, finding creative ways to keep students motivated. Uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, students, you never know what a student has or what they're bringing to school with them or what they're going back to when they leave school, when they go home. Uh, so we really never know what's going on with, with the student uh, all around. So what we, what our biggest issue, our biggest challenge is, is just keeping our students motivated, keeping them locked in, keeping them focused on the prize, uh, and, you know, and, and making sure that they can, you know, reach their goal, which is graduation. So we got to, we, we have to constantly find ways to keep students engaged, uh, build relationships with them, uh, whatever we can to keep them successful and keep them focused. So that's our biggest challenge. What are the two biggest changes from COVID? To me, I mean, the biggest change for me uh, was just, you know, prior to COVID, man, you know, all your students, they come in the building. Uh, but, you know, these days with COVID going on, um, it's a good handful of our students that, you know, I'm used to seeing on a regular basis, on a daily basis that I'm, I'm not getting to see right now. So that's been the biggest adjustment for me. I'm a relationships guy. I love the kids. I love to build relationships with them. I love to talk to them. I love to see what they got going on. And if, you know, they're not in the building every day, the biggest adjustment for me is not being able to have those personal relationships uh, like I probably had in the past with our students.
What is one of your favorite student success stories? I, I mean, student success stories, I, I got a bunch of them. But I guess, you know, what really stands out to me is uh, one of my former basketball players. I mean, you know, it's always good to see your students when they get older, man. They, they've grown and, you know, they get married and they start their own family. And, you know, and it's good to see, like, some of the, the, the lessons and some of the things that you tried to instill in that, that uh, student when he was, like, your student. Uh, get it to, just to see it come to fruition as they get older. And, um, you know, this particular student that I'm thinking about, he actually asked me to be in his wedding. And of course I agreed to be in a wedding, but, you know, just being able to just be a part of that student's life, you know, all the way from high school, even into his adulthood life to the, to the point where he asked me to be in his wedding. Uh, so those are the things that I appreciate. Some of the more of the success stories that, that stick out to me. It's not always, you know, academics. It's not always how well a student performed in the classroom. A lot of times it's, you know, those soft skills that, you know, don't necessarily come out in a math class. Things like seeing one of your students persevere through something, seeing them not give up when they probably could have given up, you know, seven times. And just seeing them, you know, continue to, strive to be the best version of, they, of themselves that they can be uh, is probably like my biggest success story. All right. And then my last question is, is there any information you think the community should understand about Monroe County Achievement Centers? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, the Achievement Center, our kids here at the Achievement Center are, are students of Monroe County. They graduate with a married person's high school diploma. In fact, you know, looking at the married person graduation rate, our students accounted for about 11% of the graduation rate this past year. So um, just, you know, letting everybody know in the community that we're here, uh, our students matter as well. And our students are, are gonna, you know, graduate. We want them to be the best version of themselves in the communities that they're going into, whether it be they're standing for SIFE or whether it be they're moving away from our county. We want our students to, to leave here with the skills with the uh, with the tools, with the soft skills that it's going to take for them to go out there and be successful. And like I tell, anytime I, I meet with someone from the community, uh, and this you know pre-COVID, but we had an open have an open door policy. If um, you want to come in and you want to be a part of what we got going on at the Achievement Center, if you want to uh, get to know some of our kids and be like a mentor and that kind of thing, we're always looking for. Um, opportunities amongst the community for people, good solid people to come in and do that kind of thing with our, with our schools and our students. During the final portion of our broadcast, we interview Miss Judy Pettigrew. Miss Pettigrew served her final year on the Monroe County School Board in 2020. We would like to sincerely thank Miss Pettigrew for her dedication and service to our school system. Immediately following Miss Pettigrew's interview, we will hear from Dr. Jeremy Goodwin the incoming board member for District 4. What is your name and what is your job? My name is Judy Pettigrew and I am the board member for District 4 in Monroe County. Um, during your time on the board, how long did you hold a seat on the Monroe County board? For 12 years. It will be 12, yeah, it's been 12 years. 
Oh, that's so cool. So um, what made you want to run for the board? I hadn't really thought about it at all, but a neighbor approached me and asked me to run. He he was saying that um, they needed people on the board who were familiar with education, and education is my background. Um, I worked 32 years in different as a teacher and at different administrative jobs in Butts County. And he said, he was saying that Monroe County's Board of Education probably had one of the largest budgets, um, several million dollars, bunch of million dollars, and that we needed people on the board who would um, be good at uh, watching over that money. Mm -hmm. And so... What and I did. I, and I, I ran that year, had two opponents, and then was not, uh, did not have any opponents all the rest of the time. Oh, wow. That's, that's so cool. So um, what made you decide to not run for re-election? This is going to sound odd, I'm sure. <laughs> one of the things is, one of the main reasons is that I'm 76 years old. Mm-hmm. And my last year on the board, if I ran again and, and was able to secure the seat, I would be 80 years old, and that's too old to be in a public office with who uh, administrate for children. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was time for younger people to get on the board. There's some really good parents who need to be there. We need more parents on the board who have smaller children. Mm -hmm. And um, since... Dr. Dosta is on the board. Um, she can take care of the education part that I was feeling for many years. Okay. So it was just time. <laughs> it was just time. <laughs> so what do you feel is the greatest legacy that you have left on the board or in Monroe County Schools in general? Well, I'm not sure how to answer that. One of the things that we accomplished, well, two of the things we accomplished while I was on the board is that we finished up K.B. Sutton. K.B. Sutton was already in the making when I came on the board, mm -hmm. and we built that school and got that going for the third elementary school, and we um, built the Fine Arts Building. Oh, fun. Which was... Um, which will be a great legacy for a long time. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. I'm really sorry that we can't use it as it should be used right now because of COVID, but it will happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to using it how we've been using it in the years past. Yes, 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 yes. So what do you feel is the most challenging decision that you have had to make or be a part of while being on the board? Huh. I think some of the most challenging times have been these this last year, mm -hmm. dealing with COVID and differences of opinion about the school system and the decisions that we make about keeping the schools open, closing them up, whether to wear masks, whether to not wear masks. Mm -hmm. It's just been real stressful. Mm -hmm. And I guess my age has a lot to do with it, too. I really mm -hmm. feel like we need to... Um, I, I'm a proponent for mandating masks. I think that, that sometimes we don't listen and we don't 
want to take those steps that we need to take. We, life gets too fast. We become impatient. We're ready to get back to what we, the normal life, as we call it. <laughs> but sometimes you just have to wait and take time. Yes, ma'am. I think as um, as I get older, I know that you know just taking taking time, be patient. It's going to happen. Um, but th- this has been the most stressful time that I've been on the board. Yeah, definitely, very understandable. There's a lot that's gone into this time. <laughs> yes, yes, and it, the the board of education has received lots of um, negative mm-hmm. reports and just negative feelings because of some of the decisions that we've made over this. I mean, it's it's a critical time. Yeah, definitely. It's a critical issue. Yes, everybody feels a different way, but yes. But we have we know we have people who are trying to do what's best for us. Yes, yes, and that's the main thing. To me, the most important thing about my job is number one, the kids, mm-hmm. y'all students, that we make the best best decision to keep you safe, to keep you in school as much as we can, mm-hmm. and to. Um, focus on academics. Academics has always been my focus. Mm-hmm. My second most important job is the teachers because I don't think teachers get enough support um, for their every for their just everyday job. Teaching is hard. Mm-hmm. The needs of all kids is very, very hard. Yes. And I don't think we support the teachers and encourage them enough. So that's been one of the things to the that's the two most important things for me yeah so the next question is what would you say are some of the major changes that you have seen in education throughout your time being on the board uh, there's been lots of changes in the curriculum in the in the, the things that are taught in the schools mm-hmm. it's are taught um higher skills at a younger age but then I education for me goes back many many years mm-hmm. because of my my long time being an educator mm-hmm. and so it's not so much what I see now as what I what my whole career has been yeah and um, we're just teaching kids so much more and technology is just um just booming everywhere and it's i mean you can't today it may may not be but tomorrow it is and um Mm -hmm. things just moving so fast yeah so um i think that's the the amount of the amount of knowledge the amount of technology um kids the jobs that are available for children today Mm -hmm. are just innumerable where you know back years ago there were but very few jobs for women, not a whole lot for men. I mean, mm-hmm. you were either, I mean, you know, there were just not a lot of choices. And now you can just, the choices are unlimited. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, so what is something that you have learned as a board member that you might not have known when you were a teacher? <laughs> well, let's see. What have I learned as a board member? Maybe how to um, how to agree but disagree, mm-hmm. and um, how to come to a consensus mm-hmm. when you're on a board and you you're having a discussion and you may not necessarily agree, but 
you can go along with with um, if if you choose either way. I mean, just learning how to do that, um, how to become part of a of a close knit group and stand for what the group decides yeah. rather than for what my own personal belief may be. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that, 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 those are the main things I have learned. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good. Um, so the next question is, what is a cause or issue that you have always championed during your time on the board? Um... Let me think. <laughs> Encouraging and promoting teachers and students, like I said a while ago, that's the main thing to me. Mm-hmm. And any time we, we would make a policy or we would um, think about adding on to, to a building or doing, you know, those kind of um Capital gains things, ca- yes, not ma'am. capital gains things, but capital projects where we worked on the buildings. All of it had to focus on, okay, is this going to be best for the teachers? Is this going to be best for the kids? Yeah. Um, another issue that um, that I have been a champion for, too, is learning, is promoting, trusting the administration, Mm -hmm. the superintendent, the assistant superintendents, the financial director, the principals, those people, trusting them with their decisions. Yeah. Presently, there may be uh, some mistrust present on the Board of Education, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that we need to have any of those those, uh, people in the administration jobs, the principals, the superintendents. We don't need to have any any person there that we can't trust. Mm-hmm. And I, presently, those people are very trustworthy. What they want and what the recommendations they make to the board mm-hmm. are right on topic. They, they, are, they have the students and the teachers' best interest at heart. Yeah. Those decisions are never made to make themselves look good or to uh, hurt anyone, they're always for the best interest. And trust is, to me, a very, very, very important thing for the Board of Education members to have, Mm -hmm. especially for those that are in a leadership position. Yeah, definitely. What do you think is um, the thing you're going to miss the most about being on the board? The the being with the people. Mm Mm-hmm. Being with the board members, yeah, uh, developing friendships and uh, relationships, and seeing um, seeing the kids, seeing y'all grow, and uh, like doing this show and and watching those things. I told them they can't take my name off the Monroe County messages <laughs> because I want to see what's going on. Oh, that's been um, that's been the the great thing. Yeah, is watching what is being learned and what is being uh what is happening in the schools yeah yeah definitely um and just for your last question is there anything else that you'd like to share with everybody i'm going to miss it um 
But I think that Dr. Goodwin is going to be a really good, uh, uh, he's going to fill my seat very well. Yeah. He will. Um, he, he is very much for students since he has three daughters in, well, two in school and one coming. Mm-hmm. And so he will he he will have a, a vision too that that um, maybe some of the other board members won't have. Well, that's definitely nice, and we're looking forward to that. Yes, um, ma'am. So thank you so much for your time on the board, and thank you for allowing me to get the pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, I'm Carson Bass, and I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Goodwin today. So, what is your name and your job? So my name is Jeremy Goodwin. I'm an internist and primary care physician here in Forsyth, Georgia. I have my own medical practice for the last 13 years. And what made you want to run for the school board? So first off, I'd say um, it's a great opportunity to get back to the community because I grew up here. I graduated from Mary Persons and I feel like this community is who it made me who I am today. And so I want everybody else to have the same opportunities that I had. The other thing I'd say is I want it to be a positive voice for the school board. I want to focus on local issues and what's best for our kids, what's best for our teachers, what's best for our community, and not focus on a national ideology and everything that entails as well. So those were were my main reasons for running. How do you think your medical background will help our board as we continue to to navigate COVID? Well, um, I'm hoping that uh, the medical knowledge that I can bring to bear will help the board make evidence-based decisions on how best to proceed in these turbulent times um, because we have a lot to do to make sure that we keep everybody safe. And I'm hoping that if we can make those evidence-based decisions, we can do that with the least amount of disruption possible. What are some educational changes you've seen in your lifetime? Well, sort of what we were talking about before, the uh, explosion of opportunities uh, for, for all sorts of things in the schools is what's impressed me the most. I can't believe how many AP courses are available. I can't believe the possibilities for early enrollment that we have now that weren't available back when I went to school here. The, um, the vocational opportunities that are available uh, now, even sports. Um, I can't believe how many different sports we have now that we didn't have back then, which, and you combine all these things together and I think it makes our students much more well-rounded um, and ready to you know, succeed in life beyond high school. So that's one of the big things that I've seen that I like, that like this broadcast team that you'll have. What is one aspect of our educational system that you would like to see improve during your time on the board? Um, I'd like to see us focus on teacher burnout and things that we can do to alleviate that problem and help with teacher retention. Um, I mean, I think our school system already does a fantastic job with education, but we always have room to improve. I want to make sure that we give every opportunity to every kid to uh, succeed and to reach their full potential. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yes, be safe, be kind to one another, and wear your mask. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ.
And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.